0: Good morning, everyone. Uh, I come to you today by video because of a special request from some dear friends of ours, the Bell family at Destiny Church in San Antonio. As most of you know, back in May, my dear friend and a friend of this church, Pastor Dave Bell, suddenly passed away on a Sunday morning before church. And as you can imagine, this church has been devastated by what, what uh, they have experienced and they're in the process of grieving and normally I'm not gone two Sundays in a row and much less three Sundays out of a month but um, Matt Bell called me a few days ago a few weeks ago and said can you come and preach our 71st anniversary service this will be the first anniversary that they celebrate the church without their pastor Dave Bell and so they're still in the process of grieving and I could not say no Uh, and so I want you to know I wish I was here with you but I I'm actually glad I'm there with them too. And, and I want you to pray with me. Let's pray for them right now because right now while you're listening to me, I'm actually there preaching for them. Let's pray for this church together that God would make a difference in their life and touch them today and help them press forward into God's perfect plan for their life. Let's bow together. Let's pray for the Destiny Church family today there in San Antonio. Bow with me. Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to make a difference in their life. I pray today for this family, the Bell family, number one, these five sons and this mother who have lost uh, such a great man of God in their family. What a wonderful father and a husband he was. But Lord, for this church family, what a great pastor. What a great missions-hearted man and a worshiper he was. And Lord, we just pray for this church family that you would comfort them, help them move forward into the destiny of God for their lives. They're at Destiny Church. Lord, bless the bell boys, Lord, and Jody. Lord, may they find courage and strength today to keep pressing forward into the will of God for their lives. In Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much again. I apologize for not being here by way of uh, in person, but I felt I wanted to be here and keep the flow of what God's saying to us going uh, here at Church on the Rock North. As you know, we're in the middle of a series. We're in the second half of a series called Uncharted Waters. You know, life sometimes is like uncharted waters, and and our future can be a little uh, unnerving to think about, but. I'm sharing with you some life lessons of spiritual progress that will help you navigate your way into God's perfect plan for your life. You see, God has a plan for each and every one of you. He has a purpose for you in mind, and he's looking to partner with us in order to help us navigate our way into God's perfect plan for our life. So that's what we've been talking about, and it's a 12-part series. Normally, I don't do those long a series, but I really felt that that this was important for us, and so we've been walking through that. And today, in just a few moments, I'm going to share with you life lesson number. 9 to help you move into the spiritual progress of God for your life. Our keynote verse is in Joshua chapter 3. Now the children of Israel have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. The old guard had died out and now Moses is dead and Joshua has been commissioned by God to lead the children of Israel on into their promised possession. Literally help them navigate their way into God's best for their life. And he's telling them to get ready because in just a few days you're going to pass over and verse into that promised land and verse let's see oh gosh verse 5 and 6 and and right in there it tells you some neat things about what God wants to do but verse 4 is really our keynote verse it says yet there shall be a space between you and it speaking of the ark of the covenant the presence of God about 2,000 cubits by measure do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go for you have not passed this way before. You see, God wants to help us by way of his presence and by way of his word. Know the way to go because we've not been this way before. The cool thing about our life is, though it's uncharted waters for us, God knows exactly what he has in mind for you. And He, if we keep our eyes on him, guess what? He'll lead us. We don't know the way to go. He'll lead us into those Into that path, into that place of His promise, provision, and blessing and purpose for your life. And so, hey, let's jump in. Let me just quickly give you some quick reminder about these things that we've been talking about. In fact, you can go online at our website, uh, www.cotrnorth.com, and you can download these messages. You can listen to them. You can go to iTunes, and you can download them on your iPod. Here's where we've been. Here's some of the life lessons. The first one was embrace the promises. I wish I could re-preach that. Chapter one, Paul, uh, pardon me, God speaks to Joshua and tells him, hey, embrace the promise of God over your life because I've got a promise that you're going to possess your promised land. And then the second one was the priority of God's presence. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And the, we learned from many different instances with Joshua and the children of Israel that they had the presence of God leading them. We need to embrace God's presence in our life if we're going to navigate our way into the will of God. Number three was the fear not factor. Turn around and tell somebody around you we've got to fear not. Tell somebody to fear not. Fear not. We can't fear the future. We've got to embrace our future and realize he's with us. It's the fear not factor. And then we talked about an important uh, principle of progress. That is the taming of the tongue. You see, the children of Israel, the reason they were stuck in the wilderness is because of their murmuring and complaining tongue. It'll do the same for us. And so we've got to learn how to tame our tongue by the power of the Holy Spirit. It can be done by God's help. And then Ryan shared with us a great message uh, uh, about the focusing on forward. You see, if you're always looking back, you'll never progress in God's purposes for your life. And so we've got to get our eyes on the prize and begin to press forward and keep our eyes and, and, and everything in forward. And so, what a great message he shared with us. And then I shared with you a message on preparation where Joshua told the children of Israel to prepare provisions for yourselves for within three days you're gonna cross over. And we talked about being prepared. There's nothing worse than having a promise before you, but no preparation behind you. So it's important to be prepared spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and even financially to move forward into the purposes of God for your life. Then we talked about enduring the process. Everyone say endurance. Oh man. No one has to, likes to talk about enduring the process, but possessing God's best for your life is a process and it's going to take patience and joyful endurance to get you where God wants you to be. And then last Sunday, what a great message from Josh, a message on declaring the miraculous. And we see that in Joshua chapter two and three where they declared God's miracle over their life. Listen, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Man, all these lessons, you know what they'll do? They will lift the burden of the unknown off your life. They'll lighten the load of unrighteous living and lead you into God's unwavering promise and provision for your life. So, wow, what a a word from God. And so let's continue navigating our way into the purposes of God and the plan of God for our life. I want you to turn in your Bible to the book of Joshua, uh, and we're going to look at some keynote verses there. Let me introduce to you our life lesson number nine for your spiritual progress, and that is this. We must be equipped for the conflict. Everyone say, equipped for the conflict. Absolutely. Listen. Understand something about the will of God for your life about God's perfect plan for your life. It will not come without a conflict. There is a warfare. There is a, there, there there is opposition to the will of God and the plan of God for your life that do not want you to arrive into the destiny of God for your life. That's why we see the children of Israel as they're preparing to cross over into God's best for their life. We see God speaking to them to get prepared for battle. In fact, look in Joshua chapter four. It says this about them as they're crossing over. Joshua chapter four, verse 13 says this, about 40,000 prepared for war crossed over before the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. You might think, well, God would take care of their enemies, but understand something. They knew something about the destiny of God for their life. It probably would not come without a fight. And so they were ready for war. They were equipped for battle. They were equipped for the conflict that they were facing. And the Bible also says in Joshua 1 and 2 that they were mighty men of war, ready to cross over and possess and go to battle for the will of God for their life. Listen carefully, you've got a, you've got a battle for God's plan and purpose to be realized in your life. It's not going to come easy. It's not just going to roll out for you. Uh, There's a fight. There is an enemy that we all face in life that we've got to battle against in order to press forward into the purposes of God for our life. Just because we cross over into the will of God for our life, doesn't mean there will not be a conflict. These crossover people, these Hebrew people, that's what the word Hebrew means, the crossover people. They knew that was the destiny of God for them to cross over. In fact, it says as they were crossing over, they were ready for battle. I want to ask you something today. Are you ready for the conflict are you equipped for the conflict before you? Because my friend understands something. There's a battle going on in the heavenlies over the will of God for your life. We've got to be equipped to conquer. We've got to be equipped for the battle before us. Most Christians aren't. I just have to be honest. Most Christians just hopefully assume that because they love the Lord and every, you know, and they love Jesus, and they love their husband, and they don't kick the dog, and they love their wife, that everything's going to be great. Understand something. Uh, that's not the case. There's a spiritual battle. That's why we see Paul the Apostle in Ephesians 6 and other places uh, describing the spiritual struggle. He said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. It's a battle out there. And if you're going to navigate your way into the will of God for your life, you're going to have to fight for it. Amen. We're going to have to stand up and be ready and prepared. You know, there's nothing worse than being in the middle of a conflict and have no real weaponry and no real preparation to be victorious. This morning, I want to show you some things about the children of Israel. I want to show you some things that they had equipped on the inside of their life that they had embraced. That helped them be prepared for the battle. Now, I know that in this situation they, were pro- they probably carried, uh, you know, uh, bows and arrows and spears and swords and those kinds of things. But for us today, our battle is not a natural one. It's a spiritual battle. So we've got to be prepared spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. And I see some things that the children of Israel embraced beyond a sword and a spear that empowered them and equipped them for the conflict of the unknown out before them. And so I wanna share with you four things and I want you to write these things down. The first thing that I see in this passage of scripture in this story of the children of Israel and Joshua leading them uh, across the river Jordan and into the promised land is this. Number one, they were equipped with a testimony of God's divine deliverance. I wanna say it again, they were equipped with a testimony of God's divine deliverance in their life. They had a testimony. You know, there's power in a testimony. In fact, the Bible says when they crossed over in Joshua chapter four, God instructed Joshua to instruct the leaders of the people to build a memorial of remembrance where they could always come back to and testify to God's supernatural deliverance in their, in their life. You see, if you've been a Christian, if you're born again, you have a testimony. You have something powerful, a power-packed testimony. And the testimony of God's deliverance for these children of Israel, you know what it did to their enemies? It paralyzed them. If you were to read in Joshua chapter 5 and, and on, it says, in fact, Joshua 6, it says, Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. Chapter 5, verse 1. And the the kings and the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan. It says about that when they heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we had, till they had all crossed over that their hearts melted. You see, the testimony went far and wide of what God had done for them. You see, you have the power of a testimony in your life It's the power to testify to the supernatural deliverance of God in your life. In fact, what does the Bible say about us? When at the end of the the story in Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 about us, it says, and they overcame him. That is the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, your testimony is powerful. It's time to testify. Listen, if you're going to move forward into the destiny of God for your life, if you're going to face the conflicts that undoubtedly will come, you've got to have a power-packed testimony of God's supernatural deliverance in your life. In fact, I love what Paul the apostle said to Timothy when he's trying to pass the baton of leadership on to him. He testifies to him in 2 Timothy chapter three verse eleven. He said, "You know, Timothy, all the things that have come against me, all the troubles, all the trials, all the tribulations of life. You know what? God delivered me out of them all. So somebody say amen. That's the power of our testimony. Paul said he was encouraging little timid Timothy to, to understand the power of God's deliverance and the power of testimony out into the world. It will paralyze your enemies. It will cause them to be stifled in front of you as you began to declare the wonderful works of God in your life. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 through 10, 8, 9, and 10, you look it up later. 2 Corinthians, 1, 8, 9, and 10 basically says this. Paul the apostle said this to the Corinthians. He said, God has delivered me. He is delivering me and he will yet deliver me. What a testimony. And man, I'm telling you, that'll be, that'll empower you as you press forward and face down your enemies, the testimony of God, the supernatural deliverance of God in your life. Hey, you've been equipped. If you belong to Jesus, you've been equipped uh, with a power-packed testimony of what Christ has done in your life. It'll overcome the evil uh, around your life. It'll it'll tear down the walls uh, that, that, that are resisting you. It will help you be equipped for the conflict that will come before you look at your neighbor and say you've got a testimony brother we really do and it's a powerful one so number one the first thing that I see the children of Israel were equipped with they were equipped with a testimony of God's divine deliverance somebody say amen thank God for his delivering power in our life thank God for the power of the spoken word that causes the enemies to tremble before us the second thing I see that the children of Israel uh, embraced in their life and they, they were equipped with, you know, remember it says that they, when they crossed over, there were those who were prepared for war. They were equipped for the conflict. The second thing that I see is that they were equipped for the conflict with the superiority of God's heavenly authority. Everyone say, the superiority of God's heavenly authority. They had the authority of God working in their behalf. In fact, look at this, that that same verse in verse 13, chapter 4. It says, they crossed over before the Lord for battle. They crossed over the Jordan before the Lord for battle. In other words, they were yielded to the authority of God in their life. In fact, they were moving forward under the authority of heaven's final authority. He was watching over them. He was empowering them. They were moving out in the authority of God. They were crossing over the River Jordan while they remained under the authority of God in their life. Understand something about the authority of God in your life. It has more powerful, it's more powerful and and has authority over every demon, devil, and hell in your life. Amen. You serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's in charge. And they gained great ground because they were gladly governed. There's a lot of G's. They gained great ground because they were gladly governed by the God and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in their life. They were equipped with God's supreme Authority in their life. They were operating under a higher authority. And when you realize that, what authority you have in Christ, in fact, Jesus, when he was leading his disciples and teaching his disciples in Luke chapter nine, he, the Bible says about uh, the first couple of verses there, when he's anointing, if you will, his disciples, he gave them authority over, the, over the powers of darkness. And then in Luke chapter 10, you can read it later, he, he sent out the 70 teams of kind of evangelistic teams. And they came back and you know what they were so thrilled about? They said, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They understood the authority of God in their life. Listen. You've got to realize something. As you press forward into the destiny of God for your life and, you've, and you face the conflicts that will undoubtedly come, you've got to understand that God's authority is available to us and we've got to yield ourselves to the God's ultimate authority. And I find it kind of interesting because if, if you'll read, and I trust you're kind of digesting this story, if you go over uh, to Joshua chapter 5, after they've crossed over you know who Joshua bumps into? It's an amazing story. It's a theophany. Everyone say a theophany. What's a theophany? A theophany is a manifestation of God in human form in the earth. And in this case, a manifestation, I believe, of the Son of God in the earth. Look, look in chapter 5, verse, oh gosh, verse 13. This is after they crossed over. They've been, they crossed over under the authority of God, God leadership and authority in their life. And it says, it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, no, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. He says this, I'm in charge. I'm the commander of the army of the Lord. And the Bible says that Joshua worshiped him and fell down and worshiped him. And it says, then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandal off your foot for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. You see, understand something. When you submit yourself to the authority of God, and you began to operate in the authority of God, guess what? Jesus will show up in the middle of your battle. The commander of the Lord's army will show up in your behalf when you yield yourself to his governance in your life. Somebody say amen. You see, the children of Israel had understood some things. These, these, these next generation of crossover people, the, the younger Joshua generation, they learned you don't buck the authority of God. You yield yourself to his authority and he'll show up in your behalf. My goodness, that's a powerful truth. You see, we've got conflicts. There's going to be conflict, but you've got to be equipped You've got to be equipped with, God, with a testimony of God's divine deliverance. And you've got to be equipped with the superiority of God's heavenly authority in your life. So the captain of the Lord's host can show up in your behalf. And he will, amen. What a promise, what a praise we have to God for that. And number three, and this is an important one as well, certainly uh, equal in nature to the others. These children of Israel were equipped for conflict with the methodology of delegated authority. The methodology of, of delegated authority. Delegated authority is authority that's been delegated. And we see this, I mean, you know, Joshua was a delegated authority. And when you look through this story, you see it everywhere. Joshua chapter one, verse 10, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, what is that? it's delegated authority. Verse 16. They answered Joshua, all that you've commanded us, we will do, and wherever you send us, we will go. What is that? Everyone say it. Delegated authority. Look over in Joshua chapter 3, verse 6. Then Joshua spoke to the priests saying, take up the ark of the covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. What is that? Everyone say it. Delegated authority. The children of Israel had embraced and been equipped with the revelation that not only do you yield yourself to the supreme authority, the direct authority, in order for the victory to be realized, there must be a understanding and a methodology and really a systematic methodology of God's delegated authority in his kingdom in order for victory and the battle to be won. You see it everywhere. Joshua chapter 4, verse 1 one and two he commanded the people he said take up for yourselves 12 men from the people one man from every tribe and command them and they got the stones and they built the memorial to God what is that everyone say it it's delegated authority now just a little time out side note about delegated authority delegated authority in God's kingdom is not selected by the people or elected by the people They are selected by God. God selects people, and people elect people, and delegated authorities in Scripture are not elected by man. They are selected by God. You see that everywhere. You think of if if we had time, we could look at the, the the comparison between Saul and David. Who was Saul, man's elected authority, man's choice? Who was David, God's selected authority? And so God has delegated authorities that he has selected for our lives. And as we understand that and realize how that works in our lives, it will help us in, in being able to function. And the methodology of victory for the family of God will begin to be realized in our life. Uh, even in Ephesians chapter 4, when it talks about the, the, what we call the fivefold ministry, it says Jesus gave as a gift. He didn't elect them. They weren't elected. He gave as a gift selected by God, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists to the body of Christ. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. See how that delegated authority works in our benefit? Equips us to be victorious, to be, to be righteous, overcoming children of the king. So, hey, they were equipped with God's supreme direct authority. But they were also equipped with the methodology of delegated authority. Listen, let me say this to you. Life's greatest defeats, and man, I I know some of you have tasted some, but life's greatest defeats can come as a result of being out from under the cover of God's direct and delegated authority in your life. You see, when we put ourselves out from under the cover of God and under the cover of God's delegated authorities in our life, we become very vulnerable to the enemy. And so understand something, that delegated authority, it's there to protect and provide and nurture and direct and empower and equip. And so, hey, that delegated authority God will use in our life in order for the victory to be realized in our life. Conversely, life's greatest victories will be realized when We come to the place where we understand God's direct authority, but we also yield to his delegated authority in our life. I think of the first century church, the first century church, they yielded to the governance of God and they yielded to one another. And in fact, it says they were all in one accord. And what happened? The Holy Spirit fell. Why? Because they were yielded to the direct governance of God and the delegated authorities in their life. And so what a powerful tool that God wants to equip us with in order to help navigate us through the conflicts of life into the victories of God that he has for us. One final thing I wanna share with you today that's certainly an powerful truth that you and I need to embrace that we see that the children of Israel equip themselves with, and it is this. They equip themselves for the conflict with the power of Passover promise and Passover protection. Everyone say Passover. Oh, you've heard about the Passover. Oh, we'll talk about it a little bit here. Let me, but let me show you something. Joshua chapter 5, verse 10. After they've crossed over, it says this. It says, now the children of Israel came to Gilgal and they kept the Passover. Everyone say, keep the Passover. They kept the Passover. Now, what is the Passover? Passover. Well, without going too deep, and we could go deep about all the meanings and the types and the shadows of the Passover. But you remember, let's, let's rewind the clock back into Egyptian bondage when, when God begins to raise up Moses and he begins to prepare the people for their deliverance. And, the, and God speaks and he tells the people to, to take a perfect lamb without blemish and, 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 and slay it and take the blood and put it on the doorpost of your house because the death angel is passing through Egypt and all the firstborn will be smitten in order to protect yourself. You've got to put the blood on the doorpost. That's the beginning of the Passover. And we know today by way of greater revelation that that was a type in the shadow of none other than Jesus Christ himself. In fact, Paul said in Corinthians, Christ is our Passover, sacrificed for us. In fact, when you look in the Gospels and Matthew 26 specifically, Jesus actually says this. He says, uh, in two days, we're going to uh, uh, observe the Passover And he said, and the Son of Man is going to go to the cross, basically. He was trying to get the disciples to realize that he was the Passover. And for us today, even as the children of Israel, when they crossed over, one of the first things they did, they kept the Passover. They realized the power in the blood. That the blood of Jesus, though they didn't understand it as Jesus, the blood had a protective, powerful, covering uh, hedge against the enemy in their life. And it's the same with us today. In fact, you know what the Bible says about us? I read it, I quoted it a few moments ago. Revelation 12, we overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Thank God for the power of the blood. You and I need to equip ourselves with the revelation understanding of what Christ has done for us on Calvary's cross. That because of he was hung up. Guess what? We're not going to be hung up in the wilderness. We're not going to be hung up in sin and, and, and under the control of Satan. It's because of the cross. Because of the Passover. Because of what Christ has done for us on Calvary's cross. The cross has conquered all our enemies. Somebody say amen. I love what Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says. It says through death he might destroy him who has the power of death. That is the devil. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. You see that's why Jesus said you do this in remembrance of me. To keep us under the, uh, the influence if you will. Of the power that's in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a child of God, you've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. You've been empowered by the blood of the Lamb. You've been become victorious by the blood of the Lamb. We've got to keep the Passover. And allow the blood of Jesus to lead us through the conflicts of life. With a great victory and authority. You know today as we close this service... I want to ask you this question I want to ask you are you equipped for the conflict are you just hoping if you be silent and stand to the side that it'll pass you by not so there's a conflict even in the middle of the will of God you've got to be like the children of Israel they crossed over under the authority of God ready for battle You know, Paul the Apostle finished his race and he was able to say with great confidence, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. I finished my race. What did he do? He arrived into the destiny of God for his life. He navigated his way into God's perfect plan for his life. And it didn't come without a fight. As we close today, there's conflict going on spiritual conflict over your life. And I'm gonna ask us to bow our heads in prayer and I'm gonna pray for you a quick prayer and then our ministry team is gonna come forward and give you an opportunity to respond and apply this into your life. But I wanna pray for you today and I'm gonna ask our ministry team to come and I'm gonna pray that God would help you ready yourself for war. To realize that you're a soldier in the army of God. That God has a plan for your life, but it won't come without a fight. Let's bow our heads before God. Father, I come to you today as the pastor of this church. And I pray for this people that you would supernaturally empower them. That they would embrace, Lord, the power that's in the blood. They would embrace the power and the authority of being submitted to your authority and your delegated authority. And Lord, you would give them a testimony that they would begin to declare, Lord, the provision of God and the deliverance of God over their life and see you do a great work in their life. I speak this over them today in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. Now, if you're here today you're in the middle of a conflict. The battle is raging in your life and you would like some prayer support. That's what I want to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to get up out of your seat and begin to make your way here and say, pastor, I'm in the middle of a, of a fight and I need, I need the, the authority of the corporate gathering to come together in my behalf. I want you to come right now We're going to have this ministry team minister to you today. God bless. Thank you so much for listening and responding to the Word of God.